0: This is a man's world
1: this is a man's world the she who dares wins podcast and my special guest today is barbie um thank you so much for coming on the podcast i have um been coming across your instagram posts for quite a while and super inspired by what you do and would just love to share your story with the audience so um yeah could you just tell me how you became a welder and what inspired you to take up um I guess the trade really
0: awesome well thank you so much for having me on the podcast i found welding about 12 years ago and at the time i had um been an auto mechanic actually for about seven years dealt with a lot of sexism in the industry lost my love for it got out and was working for myself hauling scrap metal and selling uh car parts on ebay um I was depressed, I just wasn't happy, very low income, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I wasn't working for anyone else, so I was happy like, to a point, sat down with my neighbors one day and watched the movie Castaway, starring Tom Hanks, and in the beginning of that movie is a woman, it's like a 15 second clip of this woman who is welding these giant metal angel wings, and it just spoke to my soul. I knew from that second that I needed it to be a metal sculptor just the same way I needed to breathe.
1: Wow, that's so impressive. So it was literally like one scene in a movie and it just triggered something with you. It did. Absolutely. That's incredible. And so from, from that then, how did you progress into, did you go to like a local college or what then got you involved and got you actually on the tools?
0: So at the time, I was actually on government-subsidized housing. I was on welfare. I couldn't afford to pay all my bills myself. And even though I was working every single day, money was really tight. Um, I did have a local BOCES um, school that teaches adult education classes. Um, Welding was one of them. And so I went up there and I asked them how much it was for the course. It was $1,200, a six-month course, 104 hours of study, and it would get me what I figure I needed to you know, get some skills. It took me nine months to save up that much money. Uh, my husband was totally against it. He thought it was a waste of time. He thought it was a stupid idea and that it really just wasn't – it didn't make any sense. But I made a defiant decision. Uh, at the time, I was working, and he really wasn't – supporting the family financially so I said screw it I'm gonna do it and uh, against his wishes I, I went and I just you know I was already working I just worked harder and saved you know saved what little I could and eventually I uh, was able to take the course um, I did six months night courses after work every night Um see two days a week for six months I took the course and it I, I already knew I was going to love to weld before I even started. And um, like the first day at class, it, it just, it, it was like this magnificent win for me.
1: Ah, oh, man, that's, that, uh, it's just, yeah, it's incredible to hear that and your passion really shines through. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and so then I take it you had to use your welding, um, ability to then get did you use did you get a job or did you go straight into sculpting for yourself
0: so the classes got me the basics and I really didn't know what I was going to do after that I just knew I needed to learn to weld but because of the sexism I dealt in the automotive industry I was just like there's no way in hell that I'm going to work for someone else um (laughs) my my, I I was like but I didn't think I didn't have a garage I didn't have a welder there was really no Like I had no, I just, I knew the welding is what I needed to do. And my teacher saw the passion, knew what my dream was, saw, you know, saw my skills and was, you know, trying to push me to go to a local custom fabrication shop and apply there for a job. But because of my experience, I'm just like, no, you know, no way. And he kept telling me, he's like, go see Kenny over at Camry Manufacturing and Design. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. Finally, my teacher had enough. And knew, you know, he knew that I needed to move forward with it and actually took the entire class on a field trip over to that job um, to get me to get off my tail feathers and go do it. And the thing is, at the time, I was watching TV shows like um, Monster Garage and Biker Build-Off and Junkyard Wars that are all fabrication-based shows. And I was just madly in love with the fabrication and the artistry behind it and, like, the, the creation – and we get over to that shop and they have all these machines and tools that I'm seeing on TV and I'm crawling around inside their mills and like checking out all their stuff. And I'm just like, it's like being, it's like, it's like Alice in fricking wonderland. It's just <laughs> everything, you know, or Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory is probably better, but, uh, <laughs> it was just magic. And so from there I went and applied, uh, I asked for ten dollars an hour, figuring I was worth nine dollars an hour, and it would give me wiggle room, and they offered me thirteen dollars an hour to start and i uh I, I went to work, and it was just the most amazing experience to uh to work there uh
1: that's yeah, wow
0: um so they had a loyal, loyal employee.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much so. And so, we're talking, so you came from the automotive industry and you got out of it because of like all the sexist comments and the culture. Were you ever worried, like, from my standpoint, I'd, I'd see welding as still a very male dominated field as well. Were you ever worried that like you were going to feel the same way doing welding or did that never come across your mind?
0: You know, I wouldn't go over to that shop and apply because I assumed that's what I was going to deal with. Um, going in, I was a little bit nervous about it, but I was so blinded by my need to be a sculptor. I apologize. I was so blinded by my need to be a sculptor that I was like, I don't even give a shit. But I got, <laughs> I got in there and was just met. like my, my class, my teacher was amazing. I was the only girl in my class of, I think there was 12 or 13, I think 12 people plus the teacher. I was the only girl. And everyone was really supportive and really kind. I got over to Cameron Manufacturing and Design, and everyone was really supportive and really kind. In fact, I was taught to weld, taught to TIG weld by a woman. Uh, mm. and she, was the ol- she was the only woman at the shop until they hired me. I was the second woman they hired to be out in, uh, to be a welder, out on the floor. And uh, she's a brilliantly talented TIG welder. And so, like, she had paved the way, I think. And and I'm not sure about this, but I went into there. I worked my ass off. I learned everything I possibly could. I shut my mouth and just listened to what everyone had to teach. And I worked really hard to improve my skills. And people saw that, and I was treated with love and respect. Now, weirdly, in the automotive industry, I am who Uh I am, and I always have been me. I shut my mouth. I learn what I can. I do my work. You know, If there's not a job to do, I'll sweep the floor. I need to stay busy. And so I've always been like that. And just for whatever reason, you know, just, and I tried a couple of different jobs in the automotive industry and just kind of met the same, you know, the same experience time and time again. But I got into welding. And I, you know, this, this company was just beautiful to me and it just, I was treated like a good employee was treated and it, I wasn't seen for being a girl or a guy or anything else. It just, I was seen for my skills, which is all I've ever wanted.
1: I think, yeah, you put on something really important there, Bobby, something that um, I come across a lot with girls that are really enjoying their industry and their trade is if you find that perfect fit, obviously your passion, like you said, you didn't give a shit because you just knew that you had to do this, (laughs) this was like your way. I think think having that is like, you've got to have that to kind of survive, but then also like having a supportive company and like having another female as a bit of a mentor, it was almost like, I guess it was meant to be. Um, oh, yeah. yeah and that, that and I just wish so many other women can get that but for you that's obviously what has helped so you know fire up your career and and so so ha- what made you move on from that job then to doing um, you know the the sculpting? Because that's because a that's, whole reason I learned to weld to begin with so uh, I knew before I took that job
0: that I would quit that job I just didn't know when uh, what needed to happen for that was I needed the skills to weld and fabricate and I just assumed that that was what it would take for me to learn the art, because I have no art background. Uh, There was no proof that I had any artistic skills whatsoever. There was no proof that this would work. I just knew I would figure it out and that's what I needed to do. So I worked there. Uh, It took me three and a half years of working full time before I was able to fix my credit and save up for a house that I bought for the garage so I'd have place to, to sculpt um another approximately 10 months or so to buy my first welder for the house Uh, and then I went to work um after work and on the weekends I was learning how to make art just in my shop after work and then uh so about five years total from the time I started and I did have a nine-month layoff um about nine months after I started the job there was a nine-month layoff due to just work shortage and with me being new I was one of the people that went but I uh, was called called back and, and worked. So approximately six years from when I started school uh, and five years, I had five years in at the company. I earned my journeyman in iron plate and sheet metal and uh, gave him a one month notice, trained my replacement and went full time as an artist September 1st, 2014.
1: Oh wow! And never look back. And and how do you go from, you know, how do you create business in 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 a world of creating art? So so you're in your workshop. You're starting to create art. How did things start to move forward for you? How did you get clients? How did you get inspired with designs? How did that all work? Um,
0: oh Boy, that's a good, it's a great question. So I am by far a dumb person, but had no idea that I needed to run a business to be an artist. In the beginning, I failed magnificently. Um, The art creation, let me start with the art creation. Um, I would Google something, and I'd be like, hey, I can do that. And so I would look at something, and like, so the first thing I ever made in my shop, the very first sculpture I made was actually a three-tier chandelier, which is really weird because I'm like the queen of the trailer park, and I have no freaking clue (laughs) where a chandelier came from, but I was just... Uh, I was Googling metal art and just kind of looking at it. And I saw this round three tier chandelier that I thought that was really pretty. It was made with panels of steel, like thin steel that were about an inch and a half by about five inches. Uh, Just, you know, a whole bunch of them in like this circular shape. And then it was like another tier and another tier. I'm like, that's pretty. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it as a square. And so I designed it and it created it. It took me 40 hours. I cried like a little girl because I couldn't (laughs) post pictures of it. I was so scared because it was the first thing that wasn't from a blueprint that someone else told me to make. So, like, this deep fear in, like, I just, I felt naked. Like, that's, like, that is, like, the best way because I'm, like, this is what I've been working for, like, ridiculously with, you know, this is what I've been working for for the last, I think it was seven years at that point like from saving up to doing it. Um, it took me 24 hours to finally post pictures online, and I got really great feedback, but I was just so scared because I'm just like, this is what this is what we've been training for. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, it, it turned out really well. So, I, you know, I went to work and started making stuff, and I would just, I would Google a picture, you know, I'd just start Googling metal art. I'm like, that's cool. I would look at it. I would figure out how they made it, and then I would make, you know, make my version of it and my art started there like really just sticking stuff together a lot of really simple stuff um using horseshoes and i just i used all scrap because i couldn't afford you know new steel or new new stainless um and i was just i was making stuff and i would post pictures online every now and then but i wasn't actively selling and i didn't understand that I needed to actively sell. i mean, like I said, I'm not a stupid person, but it just—I don't even know. Like, I didn't know how I was going to make money doing it. I just knew I needed to make the art so people would see stuff. And I was, you know, word of mouth. I would tell people, and I got a couple of jobs locally. Um, I made uh, in the beginning. I made whatever the heck anyone asked me to. If you needed trailer steps welded, I welded trailer steps. And if you needed, um, I did security bars for a gun shop. Um, I made those. I made a display case for them, a secure display case for that gun shop. Um, I had a couple of wins. I had a couple of sales. Um, sold a couple of small pieces just through, like, word of mouth. And saved up my money and went full-time as an artist. But there was no, like, no income. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I, you know, I cashed in my 401k. Like, I went in, I went all in on this dream. And, and nine months into being full-time, I had $35 left in the bank. I had no way to pay my mortgage or pay my electric bill. Um, I had gone back into depression, and I was questioning my sanity as far as, like, what the F were you thinking about quitting that job? I mean, that job is, I've never been more financially secure in my life. I actually was able to, you know, support my kids and do some really nice stuff for my kids. Um, it was uh I I'm like, I don't know what the hell I was thinking kind of thing. And what happened was um I was working out of fear. I was creating stuff out of fear because I was scared I wasn't gonna be able to pay my bills. And the love had gone out of my my art. Um, like I had been like in the beginning, just like you know, like quit my job. I'm I'm just like dancing around my shop every day and just so thrilled and just making all these things and just super excited about. But because there wasn't income behind it,
1: yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's cool. I can I can still see you. Tonight. There we go. Um,
0: because there wasn't any income coming in, I was creating around fear, and so my my just like everything just kind of like oh like this. It's like a weird. I'm trying to think of how to like say it. Um, it just the love wasn't coming through, and so. I ended up, uh, I had done like two two shows locally where I set up and sold my art, like, you know, like craft fair. And um, I went to this one, like I'd already paid for it. And I actually was considering not going because I just, like I said, I was depressed. I was in here crying. I was just like, man, I'm like, what the F were you thinking? You know, you were in such a good financial position for the first time in your life. And you threw that away. And I just, I was questioning my sanity. And I was just like, "Screw it! I already paid fifty bucks to go set up this show. I'm going to go to it. You know, maybe I could sell something. Maybe I'll come up with enough money to pay my, pay my rent, pay my mortgage." Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, it's just it's such a it's just such an amazing. Uh, it's just you know, I am where I am today, and I don't always think about like how far I've come. Um, it's. it's- I, go, I go to this show, and it's a mile from my house. And it's it's called the Aaron Wood Fest, and it was actually New York State's Chainsaw Carving Championship. Um, and I'd never even heard of it before, and it's, like I said, it's literally like a mile from my house. And I get there, and I've got my son, who my younger son, who at the time, I think he was ten, nine 9 or 10, and uh, 10 or 11, somewhere in there. Um, I set up my booth, and I'm sitting there, and I've got, you know, like, I've got like 30 or 40 sculptures sitting around there, and... You know, it's my hometown. It's local people who, you know, a few people had kind of heard about me a little bit, knew what I was doing. Um, but then there was these chainsaw carvers that were actually sculpting logs with chainsaws. And I'd never even heard of it before. It was just something that was, you know, just amazing. And my son goes, hey, I'll watch the booth. Why don't you go watch what they're doing? I'm like, cool, he's so mature. He's so much more mature than I am. uh, so he you know he hangs out in the booth and i go and i watch these carvers and they were doing what was called a speed carving where uh, i believe there were 13 carvers all together but they were in the center of this ring and each of them had a log and they had one hour to carve whatever they wanted to and at the end of it they had this auction and so during this hour there are 13 people carving at once and the chainsaws are going and there's wood chips flying everywhere and these sculptures are appearing and the entire community is standing around watching this and i'm watching i'm walking around this giant circle of people creating and i see this one guy who is sculpting and they've got like all the safety gear on he's got he's head headsets on, and they're listening to music and like this guy is like creating and he pauses for a second and takes a step back from the sculpture that he was making and he's bopping his head with the music and just kind of like in the middle you know in the moment and he looks at what he's done and I watch this from across the field he looks at what he's done and he nods at his art and he smiles and it's a very private moment that I normally have in my shop of when I'm creating something, there's this moment where you look at what you've done and you're just like, fuck yeah. Like, I did that. And it's such a moment of this such deep pride. And I've never seen that in anyone else. It's always been something just very private. And to watch that man have that moment with his art, it reminded me what I was doing. I was not making art to make money. I was making art because it was my sole mission. Mm-hmm. And so it just, it, it, it flipped a switch in me. I realized why I was here. And it wasn't, you know, it was about being in love with what I was doing. And what happened was I sold a couple things at that show. I made some amazing friends that were artists. And I went back into my shop and I just started making stuff that I love. Um, it just changed everything because I was, I stopped being out. Of, i was just like, screw it. I don't care if I don't make any money. I am going to make the things that make me happy. Um, and it changed. It, it, like I said, it just like it's an energy that I was putting into what I was doing. Um, I, the friends I made at that show actually invited me a couple weeks later out to New York City, out to Coney Island, to a show that they were doing. Um, and they were like, hey, you, know, you don't have to pay anything to set up, which thank God, because I didn't have any money. But they're like, all you got to do is give the, the people who are running the show a third of whatever you make. And, you know, th- that's your fee for being there. I'm like, perfect, because that way if I don't make anything, I don't owe them anything. Like, this is great. <laughs> um, but it was Coney Island for 4th of July weekend. And um, I ended up bringing home $600 for that weekend. Wow. I connected with these artists uh, because I got to spend a lot more time with them. And they were out there creating their art live again. And it just, um, it gave me an idea. I'm like, shit, I watched people stand around and watch them make the art and then they turned around and bought it and I was like that's what I need to do I'm like so you know now I got a little bit of momentum and I get this bright idea that I'm just like dude if I create art live then people will buy it they'll see the process they'll see it and so I started to go to more of these shows but I also went back home and I went around to these local um, local stores And I was like, hey, um," I just started BSing my way into some stuff. I'm like, hey, I'm creating this live art welding show. And I said, I need welding curtains because that's how people will protect their eyes. Like I'll put the welding curtains around me. It'll protect them from the arcs and sparks. They can watch what I'm creating. And I'm like, and I'll put your banner for your store up behind me and I'll promote you. And it's this happy win-win. And I went to like 19 places and they all thought I was bat crap crazy. <laughs> and uh, the 20th place I went to was welding supply shop down in Elmira, New York. And uh, I started talking about it. And before I even had a chance to get all the words out, the guy's like, hell yeah, what do you need? And so I got these welding curtains and um, started setting up and I was starting to weld live at different events. And, what I was doing is I would call these events. I'd be like, hey, I normally charge $500 a day. This is total bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, I normally charge $500 a day Just set up in wildlife. I'm like, you know, your people will love it. It'll draw a crowd, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but because, I, you know, because you guys are local, I'll give you a deal. I'm like, just trade me the show entrance and I won't charge you. And so I BS'd my way <laughs> to a bunch of places. And I was starting to sell stuff because people were like, oh, wow, this is cool. And so I was getting shows like that. Um, I got myself into uh, Americade in Lake George, which is like 100,000 people. And I welded live there. Um, And it just started to grow from there. And so I started to do all these shows. And, you know, some I welded at, some I didn't. But in 2015, I did 48 shows in 52 weeks in 13 different states. I'm doing math. No. I'm sorry, in like seven different states up and down the East Coast from Vermont to Georgia. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Uh, me, uh, me and my youngest son basically lived in my truck and uh, I, would, I would weld it home for a few days and then we would travel to a show and sleep in the truck over the weekend and then uh, travel back home and, uh, and back, back to the shows again.
1: Howdy, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Um, really appreciate it and hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Um, I'm your host, Michelle, and just wanted to let you know that you can head over to www.shewhodareswins.com if you fancy, and on there is a boatload of content that I've produced to try and help Anyone is trying to thrive in a world where they feel underrepresented. Might be construction, might be something else, um, but you'll find YouTube videos. You'll also find merchandise, yeah. Um, if you want to support the She Who Dares Wins brand, I guess, and community, then head over there, I've got a bunch of amazing quality t-shirts and other stuff for you to check out all the podcast listings are on there with the descriptions and the show notes right that's it i've waffled for long enough let's get back to this great podcast it's just incredibly inspiring to hear that like it's a blueprint for a hollywood movie you know (laughs) it is though like the adversity like the passion I think that's the one thing that you hit on there that really hits home with me as well is that you know you start these things uh, you know I started the podcast and the YouTube channel like, kind of, and, and you start it because you want to create you were I mean for me it's like movie tell, movie making and, sh- and storytelling and sharing other women's stories and and you sometimes do you come back and you think well how you know how how can I make money from this eventually it's got to be- become a, a, a you know an income and and but But as soon as you start doing that, you go off track to what it is that that, that really started you, which is the passion. And you had that light bulb moment. And I think that's a key thing. Whenever you look at anyone that's successful, it's like just follow the passion the rest will sort itself out and and oh, winging right. it and 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 you, yeah you everyone knows that you have to wing it and you have to bullshit and, and do what you do and <laughs> it, yeah that no, is it's true though like I think everyone's going to resonate with that because it's it so true like nobody has a book that says this is the way you go forward to be successful um oh, wait, wait wait somebody
0: does because I just wrote one because oh I'm okay yeah. <laughs> good oh, yes Someone does because I I I struggled so long for and had no direction whatsoever. Okay. It is my mission to help artists thrive emotionally and financially. So we can talk about that later. <laughs>
1: oh yes, definitely. Yeah, because it is. It's one of those things where people just like. You you lost because you're so passionate about something, and yet at the end of the day, everyone's got bills to pay, and and you had so much on the line, which is so incredible um, that the passion really you know pushed you through that and got you to where you are now. So, I mean, so now where you're at, like so many years on, you're creating these amazing sculptures. You've got a YouTube channel. You're sharing your story. What what then went from you doing the live shows to sharing online? What what kind of triggered that?
0: Um, that actually. Let's see, 20 I have to get my years straight. It like it kind of has blended together. So 2015 I did 48 shows in 52 weeks. Um and it was insane and I was really starting to thrive and like feed my belly. Well mm-hmm. what had ha- what had happened was um I was mass producing art. Um, I was coming home and I was hammering out stuff that I knew was going to sell quick and easy mm-hmm. for a good profit, stuff I could make fast. And then I was, you know, rushing off to the shows. And what happened, um, the end, in August of 2015, I was sitting at the Shimon County Fair, um, sitting up my booth. It cost me, I think, 350 bucks to be there because it was the fair. Um, I did buy an inside spot because I learned about the weather. (laughs) Nice. Um, Pay a little bit more for an inside spot, but I sat there. It was 72 hours of downtime. Um, And I was sitting there, and I was frustrated because, like, not every show, like, there was, you know, I, I think there was, like, gosh, there was a few shows I couldn't weld at every single show. And the ones I could weld at, like, that was awesome, and I freaking loved it. But the majority of them I couldn't weld live at, which meant I wasn't creating. So what was happening is, as I was selling this stuff and mass-producing this stuff, I was making the money, but I wasn't improving my art. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, my goal was to be a sculptor, was to create stuff. So I'm sitting at that show, and I'm like, this is BS, man. I can't stand sit. I like have a hard time sitting still. And so I was just like, I hate this. You know, i just... I want to be creating. I'm like, how can I, how can I, you know, how can I create more and be at these shows less? And my idea that I came up with then was like, I need to learn to sell online. I need to take my stuff online. And so I told myself at that show, again, I'm going to cry over this. Oh my gosh. (laughs)
1: It's great. It's Um, So passionate.
0: I am just like, how can I sell online? Because I'm just like, I just I just need that. I need to create more. And so I made a decision at that show that in 2016, I'm only going to do three shows. I'm going to pick my three favorite. And I don't care like if it was the ones that were emotionally good for me or financially good for me. I'm going to pick three of my favorite shows, and that's all I'm going to do. And I'm just going to figure out how to sell online. And so... It's scary as shit because I mean like that was ninety-five percent of my income at the time was from doing those shows. I had already set up an Etsy shop and I'd sold um Etsy is like where you sell art online. Um yeah. I'd already set up the Etsy shop, I'd sold maybe like five things on Etsy. Um, you know, like thirty-five bucks here, thirty-five bucks there. I mean like I was not breaking the bank, like a ten dollar keychain. Um a couple of my mass produced things were going as well on Etsy. Um You know, but it was, like like I said, it was about 95% of my income was from doing these shows. So it was just, it was one of those things, like I do this all the time. I like, I make these defiant decisions and I'm just like, come hell or high water, I will figure this out. So I said to myself, as of January 1st, only picking three shows, I picked my three favorites and I shut down everything else. And like from August of 2015, um, I just sat down every night and I went on YouTube and I started YouTubing how to sell online. I literally like just Googled it. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to, in 2015, I had made a couple of videos for YouTube showing how to make art. But then I was just like, one of my things is I'm like, if I show people how to do it, I could draw traffic. People can see what I'm making, how I'm doing it. And in the beginning, my idea was to showcase it to sell it. But what ended up happening is I realized that people were learning how to make art from it. And like, that was something that I had no idea that was gonna be part of my journey, but end up later on becoming part of my journey. Um, so I just started Googling how to sell online. And my idea was, you know, what I saw was social media was free to advertise on. And so I started building up my social media. and started building up my YouTube channel in hopes of selling the art, um, that's that's like how I got online. Is really like the intention. The intention was to sell. But what I found out is I I really like to teach, and I just I didn't. <laughs> no one saw that coming. I got kicked out of two different <laughs> schools in tenth <10th> grade, <laughs> and one of the schools was for the bad kids. I mean, just like I. Just
1: you know, just not uh, not my area of expertise, kind of thing. Like, it wasn't my forte. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that's that's amazing because, like, again, it's one of those things, isn't it? You, you 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 go on a certain route, like the route was to sell online, and then the teaching pops up, and I imagine that brings you um, a lot of happiness because seeing someone else do the work and and you've helped them. That uh, can be so soul fulfilling, um, more so than 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 cash in hand. Like, yeah. Oh yes. Seeing seeing
0: someone, I I actually was able to teach in person uh, out in Phoenix in 2017. Um, I had someone set up classes for me, and then I went out and I taught. And I like this as well. It started out. Let me let me back up just a little bit. Um, I was posting my stuff online in 2016. And I got an email, and, and I'd been making a lot of stuff with horseshoes, with um, old horseshoes. And I made this wine rack that I actually had seen someone else make, and I made it, and I had a friend come in and take a picture of it. And the friend is a magnificent photographer, and the picture is gorgeous, and it got super, uh, it, it blew up on Pinterest. Weirdly, and I don't know how it happened, but it got like 12,000 likes on Pinterest in a very short time. And I get this email from a publisher, and they say, um, Hey, we want to know if you can make a book on how to weld horseshoe art. And I thought it was BS. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, yeah, sure, I can write a book. And like, I did, I thought it was BS. They sent me a check. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> nice. like, oh shit, like, I've really got to do this now. And I just no idea how to do it. Um, I Googled how to write a book. Don't judge. <laughs> But, uh, uh, I just, I was just like, okay, I was just thinking like, I, I can make 30 horseshoe crafts. So I picked out the crafts, uh, picked out like the different projects and I just went in the shop. I'm like, how would I do this? How would I show someone how to do it? Um, in about 10 days, I wrote a book (laughs) and my mom was like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, it's all it took. And she goes, it takes people two years. I'm like, well no one told me that <laughs> but uh, that ten, 10 days later i uh I wrote the book twenty three thousand five hundred words uh over four hundred pictures. I took all the pictures myself and I welded thirty projects wow. um, and wrote the book I sent it into the publisher um I go out to Phoenix and then I have a friend of mine out in Phoenix who um, I wasn't friends when I went out there. I, I actually just went out there and met him, but she set up classes for me. So I go out there. So I'd already written this book, but it wasn't published yet. Um, I go out there, she sets up these classes, uh, I take these eight women and I teach them how to weld metal art in four hours. And during that class, uh, I watched this one woman take my idea and make it amazing. And I watched her, I watched her get it. I watched her get that that look that that guy gave his art. Mm-hmm. And I watched her get it. And I showed her how to do that. And that right there, I was just like, oh, man. I went home and just went on fire. I'm like, who else can I teach? And it just like, you know, it, it sparked that love of teaching for me. Because I'm like, if she can learn and do that, and if I can have, if I can teach her how to have that moment... Yes. Or if I could teach her what it, you know, if I could teach her the skills for her to get that moment for herself is what it really is. and right. like, how else? And so, like, I came home and my YouTube just, I came home and poured my time into YouTube because I'm just like, how else can I showcase how to do this stuff and and you know, get get people to uh, like just teach because they just. I started teaching classes in person in my shop and started teaching on YouTube.
1: <clears throat> I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's no words really to describe like that. Your journey is just, it's so inspiring. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, there's no words. I am completely, <laughs> there's not many times I'm stuck for words, but you got me stuck for words. So, so there's the book, there's this whole natural progression of your career. And then, so I talked about this earlier that we touched on, like there's, there's no set route or whatever. Is your passion now, um, is telling people your story I know you do public speaking you travel around is, is that where that lies now is is sharing your story and helping others um, and if so like what is it that you're that you're doing right now
0: so the majority of my business now is a sculpture is creating the one of, one-of-a-kind sculptures and working with clients and doing stuff on my own um, I speak at every school that'll let me I love to share my story but it's more about sharing my story is more about showcasing the welding industry for me today right Um, okay we are as an industry um we need to bring more people into the welding industry guys girls elephants i don't care whoever can can weld. (laughs) Um, the welding industry has changed my life and it in the beginning allowed me to provide for my sons as a single parent uh, I did get a divorce um, several months into working at that job.
1: I was going to so say like, that the guy that that wasn't so supportive, like I'm guessing yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing he wasn't around so much now that you were. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: what, what had happened with that was I went to work at that company and I'm working every day and I'm providing for the family and I'm working alongside all these people who are providing for their family and I'm like, it just kind of dawned on me. I'm like, you know, this guy's sitting at home and he's, he's drinking and he's playing video games. And this is not what I want my kids to see, a man yeah. growing up. And so it was very difficult. Um, we had a son together. I had a son on my own and he had a daughter on his own before. And so there was five of us. And it was a very difficult decision to make. and it's probably the most difficult decision I've made in my entire life. But uh, I had to walk away. I could not let my boys grow up and think that this is how a man is in a family. And it's it still it's just like it's still difficult to think about it because he just he was never one to you now, he's still not doing good. in fact, he's doing awful still. Mm. Uh, hasn't seen his son in close to five years. And I feel awful for him, but we make our own bed, we make our decisions, we make our own lives, and it's shitty, but I can't make him, you know, do better for himself. He's so capable, and that's what's really hard, is he's so capable, Mm -hmm. and just chooses not to.
1: Right, And, and your sons must be incredibly, like proud of of what you've done I mean single-handedly as well like to, and not many people go not many women go into trades and and you know trade with an art and it's just yeah it must be incredible like you say your son would have been on that journey with you going to those um events and what a great thing for them to grow up with and, and be inspired by themselves. Like it's, yes, yeah, such a great role model, you know, not even to your own kids, but to anyone else out there. And like you say, you, you want to get more people into welding, doesn't matter what gender they are. Um, and I think social media is a great way of doing that. It's, it's exposure at the end of the day, isn't it? It's, it's, it's oh, that it way. is. So, so I think that's quite a nice way to kind of close this off is that, you know, could you just give us, Um, You know, if you're in front of the world right now and you want to, you know, share your passion and sell welding, you know, what words of wisdom would you give to anyone out there who's considered giving it a go?
0: Welding is such an amazing career path because there is a wide variety of jobs that are available within the welding industry. It's not just welding. There's the welding. There's the fabricating. You can work in so many different arenas. Uh, art is one tiny little corner of it. There's actually robotic welding, which blows my mind. and is amazing. Mm-hmm. You can do fabrication, like custom fabrication, where you'll never make two parts. You can do assembly line work. You can weld bridges. You can weld buildings. I mean, you can weld underwater. There's literally a welding job for everybody. And it doesn't matter what, Like if you want to work inside, if you want to work outside. It's just such a vast variety of jobs available within the welding industry that makes it such an amazing career path
1: sold that was like the best <laughs> <advantage ever. laughs> Woo! yeah love. no that's yeah you totally are that's amazing oh, man I am um, I'm blown away by by this podcast like you've been an incredible guest and I, I thank you so much for your time for sharing stories for being honest for being passionate for being who you are basically um yeah I'm so excited to get this out to you know the listeners and um yeah I, I have nothing to say but I'm inspired and thank you so much for your time it's um it's been an absolute pleasure
0: It's been an honor to speak with you, Michelle. Thank you so very much for your time and sharing my story. It
1: is an honor. No problem. Let's stay in touch and um, I will get back to you when the podcast is ready to go. And I will also put every single link to all your work, your YouTube and everything in the show notes for this podcast so everyone knows where to go. And um, hopefully there's a whole lot of love coming your way and keep doing what you're doing. And um, yeah, let's catch up soon.
0: Awesome. Thank you so very
1: much for your time. No worries. Have a great day. Thanks, Bobby. Bye bye. (laughs) Well, that's it for this week, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your support means absolutely everything to me. And we'll be back real soon with another podcast.